Hello, and welcome to the Christ Lutheran Church Sermon Podcast. This is Matthew Best. I serve as pastor of Christ Lutheran Church in Allison Hill in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Thanks for being here. If today's message connects with you and what you're going through, brings you inspiration, or offers connection with God, I ask you to please stay on after the message for just a few moments to learn ways to connect with the congregation and the health ministries that we offer. And now, let's dive into God's Word. The Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side of the Sea of Galilee while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but by this time the boat, battered by the waves, was far from the land, for the wind was against them. And early in the morning he came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified, saying, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it's you, command me to come out on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened. Beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? When he got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. So I want to tell you about the most terrifying ride I have ever been on. Once I get myself all situated here. This ride, oh man, I can't believe this. So, you go, you get in line, and I'm looking at this, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this goes really high up. Um, My heart, even talking about this, my heart just like is pumping. And and finally, I get in in on this ride, there's no seatbelts, you're just sitting, and they shoot you up into the air, and they leave you there, and spin you around to take a look at all, everything around you. There's like, no, it feels like there's nothing, no safety or anything. And then they plummet you down. No seatbelts, no nothing. I am terrified. I am, my heart is racing. My hands are sweaty. You remember this? Yeah. Oh, it's terrifying. So this is at Hershey Park. They call it the kissing tower. <laughs> I have a fear of heights. It's the most terrifying, right? It's, it's crazy, right? This makes no sense. I know this. It makes no sense. I specifically tried this because I have a fear of heights, and I wanted to just try and face this. I have tried this before. I'm still shaking just talking about this. Right? It makes no sense whatsoever, 
there's nothing logical about this. You're enclosed. How many times has that thing gone up and down? Like a million times, right? I mean, come on, it's ridiculous, right? But let's talk about fear because that's what's in our gospel today, right? There's different types of fear that we have. And I'm not gonna ask you to, to, to share those um, because those are kind of personal and they may be irrational or it may not, right? But fear is kind of this, this thing and it drives us and uh, it has an impact on us. Um, fear is related to evil, okay? Fear is related to evil. There's uh, one article that was saying that fear is the fuel that drives evil. That's interesting to think about. I don't know what I think about that yet. <laughs> um, but there's different types of, of evil, right? So there, especially in scripture, talks about two different types of evil. There is natural evil and there is moral evil. Okay, so let me describe the difference between the two. Natural evil is stuff that happens and it's destructive and it's deadly and it happens in nature. So a great example right now would be the Hawaii wildfire. It's destroying a whole bunch of stuff. Every day you can see new articles about a fame, like it was, I just saw this morning a famous hotel was burnt. It's one of the losses. It's been around there for a long time. There's over 90 people have died in this fire. Probably the only good thing about this fire is that it's on an island. So it can't possibly go beyond that but it's extremely destructive and it's deadly. It's a natural evil is what scripture would talk about because it creates chaos and disorder and destruction. It is what it is and that's what it is. And then there's moral, order, moral evil and moral evil has to do with human beings making a decision to do something. This can happen on an individual basis or it can happen on a larger systemic type of, of basis. So if you think about it on an individual basis, these would be things like murder, theft, those type of things that individuals might do to someone else. And it causes, um, it causes harm to other people and it's intentional in, in the way that it's, it's done. In, in a sense, it creates chaos as well. And systemic would be things like slavery and racism or uh, laws being passed against certain groups of people to, because of who they are. You can go on that in a variety of different ways, right? So when we take a look at our gospel reading, you've got Jesus. This, this takes place just after the reading that happened last week, which was the feeding of the multitude, the feeding of the 5,000 plus, Right? And so this is, this is what, when this is taking place. Jesus is done um, doing this miracle of being able to feed uh, 5,000 plus uh, people and there's all this leftover food, which we don't know what happens with it, but it's, that's the miracle that happens. And so Jesus makes the disciples get in the boat and go on ahead to the other side. He's going to go to uh, the village of Gennesaret. Um, that's, that's what happens um, immediately after, after this. And there's gonna be more healings and those type of things, right? And so while he's dismissing the crowd, and so then he goes up on the mountain to pray, and then when evening comes, he's there alone, and this time it says the, the boat is out and it's being battered by the waves 
um, and they're far from the land and the wind is going against them and all this type of stuff, right? So when scripture is talking about storms, it's really about evil is really what we're talking about. Scripture is using it as a type of symbol. And this goes back to, remember last week it was the feeding of the, of the 5,000 also related to the story of Exodus. This relates to creation and also Exodus. If you remember the beginning of Genesis, in the beginning when God create, created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep which is the water, while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. There was chaos, primordial chaos, prehistory chaos is the idea. And God, what does God do in creation? God brings order to chaos. Chaos is destructive. God brings order. Is this, this is really what the story of creation is about, all right? And then you have the other thing is in uh, Exodus 3, because we'll, we'll get to that in a minute, right? So you've got, you've got Jesus coming, walking on the water, and it's, the water's going crazy. The storm is going crazy. And Jesus is walking in the midst of it, on the water. He has not succumbed to it. This is really kind of really important to understand what's going on. What is this miracle of Jesus walking on the water? It's very symbolic in here, right? Because as we go on, we've got the, ter the, the disciples are terrified. This is a ghost. But immediately Jesus says to them, take heart, it's I, do not be afraid. Better translation is have courage. I am, do not be afraid. There's a, that's, that's really key. So, now I'm going I'm to go all seminary on you. Sorry, but this is, this is important. Instead of it is I, which is an, an acceptable translation, it's so much better when it says I am. Because again, so, so the, the Greek is ego ami, which when we go back to Exodus 3, remember Moses is up on the mountain burning bush, and God says to Moses, you're going to go to your people and my people, and we're going to lead them out from slavery. And they're going to ask, and it's, it says, Moses asked, said to God, if I come to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your, an of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. I am sent you. Jesus, when he says, it is I, or really, I am, is making a connection with Israel to say, I and the Father are one. I am is here in the midst of chaos, showing up. And just as God creates order out of the chaos, in creation, and chaos does not get to reign with God, I am here. And what happens? Jesus, of course, saves Peter and gets on the boat, and immediately everything calms down. God 
Jesus is no different than the Father, brings order out of chaos, brings calmness, brings a sense of peace, wholeness, shalom would be the word, because this is what Jesus is always talking about. The other interesting little, little thing about this is at the end, I'm skipping over Peter. Everyone likes to talk about Peter and, oh, you have little faith. Eh, okay, great. But I want to get to the end. They're in the boat. The wind ceases, and those on the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Mm. Truly, you are the Son of God. They're recognizing what just happened. Jesus I am, and creation obeys because God is in charge of creation, and creation will obey God. I am. And so they say, truly, you are the Son of God. This is the first time in the gospel that a human being acknowledges Jesus as the Son of God. Before this, Satan acknowledges him as the Son of God in the temptation in the wilderness. Wilderness is, again, another symbol for chaos. It's as far away and far removed from order as you can get wilderness and civilization or wilderness and the city, the temple, Jerusalem would be the key. The wilderness is theologically as far away as you can, right? And so this, and then demons will call him when he casts out demons, you know, son of, son of God, don't do this. They recognize who he is. Satan recognizes him as the son of God. If you are the son of God, do this, that type of thing, right? The, the temptation in there. So all of this, Matthew is, is pulling us back in order to drive us forward is the idea. Because I'm sure you've all heard the, the phrase, fear stands for false evidence appearing real, right? That's what the, the acronym, I've, I've heard that, um, right? And, and fear and evil are related to each other. So I want us to think about the storms of our life, right? The storms of our life that happen. They happen in a variety of different ways. And often they're, they're, we, we have fear associated with them. And, and think about what that fear does. It's, it's emotional. We feel like our lives are in danger in some way, shape, or form, that there is no hope, that there is no future, oftentimes. Right? The disciples are in fear because they think that's it. We're dead right here in the water, in the midst of a storm. We face a lot of storms in life. The question that we have is where is Jesus showing up in the midst of those storms? Where does Jesus show up? Because he shows up, right? He's, that's right, everywhere. Jesus, remember, he sends them out knowing it's nighttime. That's when the, that's when the water's gonna get rough. That's traditionally when the water is going to get rough. And so he sends them out knowing it's not going to be easy. We're not meant, you know, I don't know if you've heard this about ships are made not to sit in the harbor, but to go out to sea where they get battered 
Disciples are not meant to stay in one spot. They're meant to go out in the midst of the storms. And not because we can handle it ourselves. We can't. None of us are capable of dealing with that storm by ourselves. We're no different than the disciples. We would be crying out, Lord, help us. We'd be crying out like Peter, Jesus, save us. This is a beautiful phrase. Recognizes how important, he can't do this on his own. Even, even look at, no matter how good we are looking at Jesus, this, the storms of the world are going to distract us because none of us are good enough to stay that focused, right? Instead, it's Jesus who acts. It's Jesus who saves. It's Jesus who pulls Peter and pulls us up as we're drowning in the midst of the storms because we can't do it ourselves. That's what grace is. And that's really hard for people to hear. It's really hard when we're in a society that says you've got to earn everything that you get. And so everything's a transaction. I did this and therefore I deserve this. God doesn't work on that way. God is not fair. When we think fair is a good thing. Fair is a good thing generally. But God is not fair. And we should be really grateful for that. Because God doesn't give us what we deserve. God doesn't give us what we earn. God gives us something that we can never earn. God gives us and prevents things from happening to us that we do deserve. This is the unfairness of God. This is the unfairness in this story. Jesus tells, tells Peter, come on out. And he does because he's a follower of Jesus. And he still has trouble. And Jesus still saves him because Peter can't do it on his own. We can't do it on our own, right? So the question is, where have you seen Jesus this past week in the midst of the storms of life? Where have you seen Jesus? Where has Jesus reached out his hand and pulled you up or someone else up? Where have you seen Jesus that in the midst of the storm, Jesus shows up and things just... Where has you, have you seen Jesus where he sends people out in the midst of knowing that there's going to be storms? I've seen Jesus in a variety of different ways this week. I've seen Jesus show up in a donation that I was unexpected to help us with our, our sewer issue. It was amazing. I, unexpected. It was wonderful. I've seen Jesus show up in saving the life of someone. I've seen Jesus show up in a spouse caring for a loved one. I've seen Jesus show up in a variety of different ways. I don't often give homework, but I'm going to give you homework. Is I want you to write the end of this sermon. Where in your life is Jesus showing up in the midst of the storm that you are in or the storm that you see in a wider sense? Where is Jesus showing up? It may be difficult to see. But Jesus is there. He's got his hand out to us. He's got his hand out to others. We can't do it on our own. Jesus never expects us to do it on our own. And he grabs us and he pulls us and saves us. Thanks be to God.
thank you again for listening to the sermon podcast. I'm always happy to have a conversation or pray with you. Please reach out either by email to pastor at christharrisburg.org or call me at 717-236-8382. I'd also invite you to be part of worship on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. We're a very diverse, open, affirming, and laid-back congregation. Christ Lutheran Church is located at 124 South 13th Street in Harrisburg. Parking is along the street. You can enter the building through the side entrance on South 13th Street or at the corner of 13th and Thompson Streets. And lastly, check us out on the web. Our website is ChristHarrisburg.org. There you can learn more about and offer your support for the congregation as well as the health ministries and free clinics that we provide to people in need in our neighborhood. I invite you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram also at Christ Lutheran Harrisburg. Thank you. I look forward to connecting with you, and I pray that you have a blessed week.